Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. This grass is like cashmere. Is this real? What was the connection between you and Wrexham Football Club? It was just a feeling. The idea of owning a professional sports club is like every little kid's dream. What me and my dad thought was Wrexham's red and Deadpool's red. That's the real reason. Sorry. Wrexham is a town that battles against odds constantly. It's a working class town. It's a blue collar town. I feel like I know those people. I grew up with those people. And I think what they were looking for was just a little shot in the arm. Is that the gym? It will be the gym. Wow. The hype is massive and the town desperately needs it. I just want to go to a game with 10,000 Welsh people. It's always sunny in Wrexham, isn't it? The biggest challenge is a community looking around going, what are these two guys doing here? That's Welcome to Wrexham. The first two episodes on are on Disney Plus now with the remainder of the season to arrive a weekly. Rory Cashin joins us once again to tell us what the hell that's all about. Uh, <laughs> the, the, I think a lot of people probably know that Ryan Reynolds bought Wrexham Football Club, but maybe assumed he just did it for the laugh. I Like having watched the documentary, I'm not entirely sure that's also not still the case because... So it's him and Rob McElhenney, who people would mostly know from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Mm. And they just seemingly, on a whim, decided to invest in Wrexham, which is, from what I understand, the third oldest football club in football history. Okay. Uh, but we're not having a good time in, in their league at all. So these two guys come in, swoop in, put money in, get all the right people in place in the hopes of finally kind of getting them out of constant regulation or relegation zones and being promoted up into into the next uh, the next league so like yeah it's it's interesting in that if you're a soccer fan football fan there's a lot there to enjoy but even like I'm not at all but I was still kind of I couldn't tell from the way you describe <laughs> things there about you know regulation and <laughs> if you you know like if I'm not at all so I was watching it and I was very interested in just seeing how the supporters of the teams uh, kind of reacted to these two very rich superstars coming mm, in mm. and like is it a case of these superstars coming in and just kind of throwing the weight around going this is what we're doing now even though they don't really know anything about the team or the sports to kick off with it's, yeah. it's a very interesting starting point for the documentary plus it was all in the middle of lockdown so everything's kind of done over Zoom big distances between everyone a lot of like interpersonal issues one of them lives in LA, the other one lives in New York. The team is obviously in the UK, yeah. so huge time differences. And it's just, it's kind of fascinating to see how the, these two very different worlds interact, but kind of bring out the best in each other at the same time. Okay. They, I mean, did, I assume they explain how that happened in the first place. You know, they did something and send Ryan Reynolds a letter or, or It was actually happened? Rob's idea first. So I think he was just alerted to it. He... He says, as you heard in the clip there, he always wants to own a, a sports team. Wasn't specific about what sports. You'd think yeah. someone in America would be closer to basketball, American yeah. football, something. But he kind of became aware of the woes of Wrexham. And then, inadvertently, uh, he one of the episodes of It's Always Sunny, kind of a very famous one, where he kind of expresses himself through ballet. I'm not sure if you remember that episode, but it was kind of a big one when it arrived. And Ryan Reynolds reached out to him 
uh, when that episode aired and said, congratulations, that's one of the best pieces of television I've ever seen. You've really like transcended what we're used to seeing in sitcoms. The two of them sparked a friendship. And Rob was like, hey, listen, I don't really have enough money to buy a football team. But Ryan, not only are you a huge Hollywood actor, you also have, you know, he owns his own gin company. He has mm. his fingers in so many pies. He's like, would you like to invest with me in this team? And they they decide to do it, which is interesting because you're like, why? Why would you do that? Yeah, well, yeah. And do, well, first off, do they tell tell you how much money they invested in the sense of do they own 100% of this club now or do they have a controlling interest in they this club? They definitely have a controlling interest, but they don't have 100%. So if the people who are already on the board of, of the team, they have to kind of give the thumbs up. Mm. And there was this back and forth as to whether they actually would, because again, it's these, are these just two kind of interlopers coming and going, we'll, we know what to do. Mm. We don't know anything about this. And it like it almost is a bit like Ted Lasso, where there's this American <laughs> yes. wandering in and just taking over a sport that you feel he might not know anything about. Uh, but I think everyone involved saw that this was could could potentially have been like the last ditch effort to save the team from complete just everyone forgetting about who yeah. who they potentially were before. Uh, so they really appreciate the influx of money and the amount of money. Not so much. It seems like every episode there's another financial problem that they have to solve. Okay. Uh, so it be it from you know. The, the gym's not being very good to the stadium, not being kind of up to super up to code uh, to the players themselves, not being paid particularly well to getting the right manager and getting the right coach in. So, oh, right. So you didn't spend that much money the, initially then from the sounds of it. I it, Again, they kind of keep that. Yeah, they won't themselves. say yeah, yeah. <laughs> how much that is. And so, like, as you said, there was, a lot of this is kind of taking place over Zoom and the like. So that, that is, is there a point at which, like, the two... Yeah, the two Hollywood saviors arrive uh, in the club and are oh yeah, like they, shoulder high around the town. <laughs> like they definitely spend some time in in Wrexham and they kind of they spend a lot of time in the stadium and they talk to some of the fans. They definitely get chatting to the to the players and the the new management system that is that is put in place. But initially, a lot of it is because even Rob and Ryan didn't meet in person until they filmed this. Because huh, that's, right. that's how okay. separate so everyone's weird. lives yeah. were. Even though they're kind of online best friends, mm. I guess a lot of people did that over lockdown where you suddenly develop friendships mm. with people you haven't met. Uh, but this is that taken to the nth degree because celebrities are also business partners. But uh, yeah, no, it's, it's just a lot of different aspects to it where you're, oh, I didn't anticipate it to go in that direction. It, it's not just Sunderland till I die. It's not just all or nothing. The, the prime video one about Arsenal. There is different talking points and different angles to it that I wasn't expecting just yeah. from the the trailer, I guess. Is it about Re- just Wrexham, the place? For I, don't, I don't know anything about Wrexham, but mm. is it a bit run down? It feels that way. It, yeah. it, 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 it's one of those towns that feels like everyone they talk to, it, the first words that they use to describe where they're from is, it's a place that has a lot of heart. Mm. You know, it, it feels like everyone there takes a lot of pride in the team. Uh, and that the football club is maybe their biggest talking point, their biggest export for the rest of the country is the fact that they do have this yeah. uh, really old established football team that isn't doing super well. But now they have this documentary, so they have two things. Yeah, so uh, so do you get the sense, no, there's only, they've only dropped two of them, but uh, will the two lads feature in every single episode? Or? Absolutely, yeah. Oh, they yeah. will? Yeah, yeah, it's it's... 
as much to do with their interactions with the team as it would have to do with the the team itself reacting to the news of the new people coming in reacting to the new kind of ways that they've been told to play in order to not be as bad anymore yeah, yes. uh, and also just the fans reacting to both new management and also the, the this complete mix up within the team that they might not be in a, have uh, anticipating or expecting okay so that might necessarily all be positive reactions then no no and i think that's that's a good thing in that like you do see there are people who are very hesitant to a new direction because even if something's bad they're kind of just that's that's what they love. They love that team. So any kind of change will will mix up the love that they have, and they're like it's yeah, just going to be a good yeah. thing. Um, and again, it, it falls back to what do these two rich superstars know about what we're doing over here? What we love about our team. So yeah, no, it's 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 interesting. Just and again, like Ryan and Rob, they don't seemingly initially have any idea how the <laughs> how the sport is really meant to be played and then you see them fall in love with football over the course of the first season as well you see them where they're like Rob is on the is in California I think he's in LA so he would get up at half four in the morning to watch the Wrexham match live yeah and then if they, if they lose <laughs> he's then awake at 6am Saturday for the rest of the weekend going well that's, uh, that's, that's a bummer my, that's my weekend ruined <laughs> So strange. Right, uh, we'll move on to our uh, second show of the day. It is the rehearsal. All episodes are now available on Now or Sky. Here's a clip. I, I don't understand why you felt the need to lie about your education. I mean, it's really messed up. You, you, for years, we were trying to help you get a job because you said you had a master's degree, and that was all bullshit. Well, is this what you think a friendship is? Like, you have no respect for me, no respect for my time. I don't give a crap about your education. But a 12-year deception, that's 12 years. It's unforgivable. I don't want to talk to you again. Please don't go. He lied about having a master's degree. I just heard their conversation. (laughs) No master's degree? This guy is such a fraud. Who doesn't have a master's degree? Yeah, that's the worst thing you can possibly do. Bit of a theme this week, uh, Rory. Is this a documentary as well? That's the biggest question I had uh, while watching it. I was like, is this real? Or Mm. is this just the most perfectly acted fake documentary I've ever seen? So this is uh, the rehearsal. And in order to just like, so what you just said there was a a clip from the very first episode in which the the host and the creator of the show, his name is Nathan Fielder, he found people just online who were willing to come to him with their biggest personal problems, no matter what we perceive to be biggest personal problems. So the first episode focuses entirely on this guy who has had a very close group of friends that he goes to uh, for pub quizzes every single week, and he Mm -hmm. takes them super seriously. But when he first met them 12 years ago, he told everyone he has a master's degree, and he only, in inverted commas, has a bachelor's degree. And he's terrified that this lie is going to be <laughs> unveiled <laughs> and his friends won't want to be friends with him anymore. Mm. So Nathan comes in and sets up, he he perfectly, like down to the alcohol that's being served behind the counter, he sets up a perfect recreation of the bar where the bar quizzes take place and hires actors to play everyone that might take, that might be in the bar that night. 
gets a, an undercover actor to interview his bar friends to to get a good sense of their personality and then rehearses what could potentially happen, every single potential outcome from the conversation of him, you know, opening up and saying, actually, mm. I just have a bachelor's degree. And again, the premise is a bit like, what the hell is that? But it's the most thought-provoking comedy I've ever seen because on the one hand it's so cringe you you want you feel your spine snapping in half it's so cringy but every now and again someone will say something that's so honest and profound and also very very funny that it's just it's it's mind-boggling it's some of the, the the scenarios that he finds himself in the second episode is all about a woman who uh isn't sure if she wants to have a baby so she says it to Nathan she's like can you help me help me decide whether I want to have a baby or not. So the entire second episode is him with 10 or 15 newborn babies that he has to swap out every two hours because the Actors uh, League of America or whatever they're called says that's the most you can work uh, if you're a newborn baby. So he has to swap them out without the woman realising that the babies have been swapped. So there's people like living in her house that she doesn't realise are in there. And she, they, they're swapping babies around, making sure they're all in perfect clothes. If the baby like accidentally splits up on itself, they have to put fake spit on the next baby so she doesn't clock that the babies have been swapped out. Yeah. And all it is is just so she can get a better understanding of whether she actually wants to have a baby. And it's, it's, it's insane. And HBO through, I can't even imagine how much money added to make it as real as possible. It sounds a, a bit Seinfeldy in in th- th- something. Very minor if you describe it, but yeah. it's spun out into a... It, it, like, I think people will definitely, if you enjoyed the comedy, the cringe comedy of, say, Kirby Enthusiasm, yeah. this is very much that. But taken to the point where it's meant to be real, and I in the, in the 90s that it's real, but there's yeah. still a small part of people like, there's, some part of this has to be fake because these people are not reacting the way <laughs> humans would react in these in these scenarios. It's... It's very, very funny, and each episode is only about twenty minutes long, so you'll you'll know pretty much straight away if it's for you. Yeah, but it's 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 indescri- It's it's practically indescribable unless you watch an episode and go, okay, because he spends most of the first episode just describing what the show is, and you need to see it to be like, okay, yeah. I get it, I I'm I see intrigued. the vibe. I'm totally intrigued. It's it's something else. It's it's completely unique. Right, uh, move on to our third show of the day, Untold. Three episodes on Netflix right now. The fourth is arriving September the 7th. Here's a clip. Street basketball side culture. And one took it to another level. A lot of people say whatever happened to and one. I don't know what happened. And I was a part of it. Streetball is hip-hop, graffiti, breakdancing, all in one it's just pure self-expression. And this is the essence of AM1. When we started, Nike had their merchandise market on lockdown. It was like taking on Goliath. But we had this insane viral marketing in the pre-internet age. AM1 is sweeping the nation, becoming one of the biggest basketball brands. The product flew off the shelf. You guys was rock stars. Went from zero to 65 million in 18 months. I was like, holy F. Who knew that everything we've been building was going to go up in smoke? 
There you go. Uh, that's untold. Obviously, Rory Cashin's on some sort of self-improvement uh, <laughs> trip, uh, given this the third documentary in a row, or possibly. Uh, right, so the, but these are, again, sports, uh, your yep. specialist subject, mm-hmm. but kind of one-off sp- uh, sports documentary. Yeah, so I reckon this is the kind of stuff that Netflix should be making more regularly. I think every now and again, they'll drop a $200 million blockbuster, and you're just like, eh. Yeah. But when they make something like this or uh, earlier this year, they had the Tinder Swindler, which was one of the best documentaries that they had. And again, it's nice and small and focused. So each episode of this more or less is in and around an hour long and it tells its own unique story. They're all kind of in the background of sports, but uh, it's it's each each one is is a different sport, more or less, and dives into different topics. So there's one, uh, I think the most popular one at the minute is The Girlfriend Who Didn't Exist. And it's about this uh, young up and coming um, American football player who is he's doing great he's, fanci- he's having a great time with the sport and everyone loves him and he's going to be the next big thing and it's all gone super great and he has a girlfriend who he has met online and after a number of years he he reveals he's actually still never met her and then she proclaims well a family member of hers proclaims that she she died mm-hmm. and he tells the world and it becomes this massive story he gets this tidal wave of people's sympathy but the world is like you poor thing and, and and off the back of that he becomes even more popular and then people start to do a bit of digging and it's like well the, these different stories are, are not lining up uh, the date of the date of death and, and people more investigative journalists and then they find out didn't exist she's not a real person how much of that did he know did he manufacture uh, manufacture any of that mm. in order to you know up how much people yeah. enjoyed him uh, and so that's a two part one each each episode's one hour and consistently over the over the course of that every 20 minutes my jaw was dropping because I was like what are you like it's it's so infuriating because you see him getting so caught up in it and you can kind of understand it and then on the other hand you're like you haven't met her after three or four years yeah uh, yeah. And you just, you kind of want to grab my shoulders and shake them yeah. and go, really? You haven't? So that's just one. And there's there's more to, there's a fantastic one about an NBA referee who is discovered to have been gambling in matches that he was the referee of. Oh! So you can understand yeah. the conflict of interest there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then there's one that's, I think it's coming September 7th, and it's based around uh, a sailing trip around around the world, a, com- a competitive stra- uh, sailing trip. And it's an Australian team who are trying to beat an American team. And the Americans, I think, have won it, if I have my numbers correct, uh, 132 years in a row. Okay. Right. So the Australians are the yeah. underdogs. Yeah, <laughs> it's fascinating. You put you picked three really intriguing ones this week, Rory. Thank I, you very I, much. I, I salute you for that. <laughs> uh, also, it's worth very briefly mentioning: Lord of the Rings arrives when? Is it this Friday? First two episodes this Friday. Uh, Lord of the Rings: Rings of Power on Prime Video. This single most expensive TV show ever made. Right. Okay. So, do you see this as a head-to-head between the? the, the uh, House of the Dragon. House of the Dragon. Yes, I think if you're a fantasy fan, now is is dinner time. You're being fed. It's true. <laughs> uh, should uh, House of the Dragon be worried? Hmm. No. I don't have different days. <laughs> House of the Dragon. Uh, okay, is... that was a review. That was totally a review. <laughs> I think. Uh, I think they're very different. I think yeah. House of the Dragon is is definitely aimed more at adults only because mm. it's quite violent and yeah, there's yeah. lots of other stuff going on whereas uh, Rings of Power is going to be a bit more family family friendly 
just a bit though. Right. Okay. Well, that's uh, uh, something for people. God, I can imagine the amount of analysis is going to be taking place on Twitter and elsewhere. <laughs> Rory, thanks a million for all that. That was uh, Rory Cash and there you are listening to the Moncrief Show on News Talk. I'm going to take a break. After that, the House of Biden. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm. On News Talk.